0: you've got to think outside of the box. Because in order to break through the noise, you have to be thinking differently. Why should the media talk about you? Why should somebody buy your product? If it's just like everybody else's, you've got no story to tell and you're just kind of throwing darts. But if you're able to think creatively, now you don't have to sue people and go that far, but you can think of different ways to entice people to talk
1: about you. We're on a mission. We're going to find and uncover the smartest, most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Explore their highs, their lows, and how they ultimately mastered the game. I'm Martin Cook, and I'm excited to welcome you to the Smarter Destiny podcast. I'm grateful for you and your time. Now let's level up together. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another Smarter Destiny podcast. This time we are... Rolling with my friend Zach Temperman. He is the founder of ZTPR, a four-time winner of the Hollywood PR Agency of Choice Award. They should probably shorten that name. He has done a lot. So let's uh, let's run through some of those things. So first off, he has helped, and his team have probably been involved a little bit. But he's he's helped businesses scale from naught to over a hundred million dollars. He's worked with multi-billionaires, he's worked with NFL players, Guns N' Roses, you know, the rock group, A-listers, Martin Sheen, that would be Charlie's dad, folks, I didn't know that, but uh, apparently he was more famous, and a host of others. Naturally, being a legend in the PR space, he has also been featured in Forbes, an entrepreneur magazine, and all of those good ones, and he is regularly seen speaking from stages at colleges, universities, he's even got a TED Talk under his belt. The man is legit and I have worked with Zach and his team for many months with Nubru and he has helped us achieve fabulous accolades that you might have seen in our ads and website. So he comes recommended by yours truly. So without further ado, let's bring Zach to the stage. Zach or Stack, how's it going? Zach,
0: Zach, I'll take I'll take whatever one, and I'll sing and uh, I'll speak however uh, you want me to, Martin.
1: Beautiful. Whereabouts in the world are you right now, Zach?
0: Uh, right now, we're in. Uh, I'm in Nashville. Uh, we're second, starting up our second office out here, uh, but uh, headquarters is out in LA. But Nashville, right now, USA.
1: USA. Well, I think LA might well be quite a convenient hub for a lot of the stuff that you do. But I think we're going to get into that in a minute because I am most interested in your origin story. So if you've got a time in mind where maybe there was a struggle, maybe there was a point of conflict, but ultimately you found yourself flourishing and graduating into an entrepreneur, being a boss rather than having a boss. If you've got a time in mind, could you take us back to that time and paint us a word picture?
0: Yeah, there's you know, there's two times that kind of come to mind. One was my previous career, I was a radio DJ. I was on air. I was you know, waking up, going, doing that nine to five, get into the studio, record a couple commercials, do my show for a couple hours, then record whatever other commercial, show prep for the next day, go home, sleep, wake up, repeat. Um, so I was doing that for many years. I was a radio DJ, and then I got an opportunity to uh, you know, transition into uh, PR and marketing out in uh, L.A., I am originally from Toronto, the nice cold of Canada. And so when I got the opportunity to say, hey, do you want to quit radio and come down to California and work for our PR firm? I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Um, Get out of the cold, move to sunny California. So that was the first kind of big break or big you know, place where I was like, you know what, let's take this risk. I have this cozy radio job, but now I can kind of, you know, see a future in, you know, the U S and in California and everything. So that would be the one part. And then after working for that company for four and five years and kind of becoming second in command, I kind of realized, you know what, I could be making money. I could be, you know, doing stuff. I could be the boss. I don't need to be second in command or working for somebody else. And that's the next part where I was like, you know what, I'm going to start my own PR firm. And that's where, you know, that was now eight years ago, but uh, yeah, that was the probably the next step of where I transitioned from working for somebody else to you know myself now.
1: Amazing. All right. So the majority of our listeners are in e-commerce, certainly digital business founders, but a lot of them are in e-commerce. Now I know that you have e-commerce clients, but. Specifically from an e-commerce perspective, why might we want PR? What can PR do? What is PR? Maybe, maybe there's a few yeah. people that want to know that as well.
0: I mean, there's, you know, PR is getting the word out about you. I mean, I always say it, you can have the best product, service, e-com store, whatever it is you do, you can be the best singer. But if nobody knows about you, are you the best or are people even paying attention? And so with marketing, you know, there's PR marketing. Marketing is more of where you're paying. So, you know, you're going to take out a billboard, that's marketing. Now, what is going to go on that billboard? What's the campaign around that billboard? That's PR. And so when people are hiring a publicist, you're not hiring us to, you know, pay and take out ads places. You're paying us to help you strategize and brand what people think about your company. So with an e-com store, going back to what you asked, um, you can have this great storefront. You can have this great website everything looks fucking amazing but if nobody's going there you know is it amazing so what we do is we figure out okay what are you selling what's it look like and what can we do to get the story out there in the press so do we go out to the fox news is the forbes the business insiders wherever we want to go and get this your story or your products featured on these things so that way the roi is now heading over to your econ store whereas You know with marketing you could take out an ad on a website or do some google adsense or facebook ads and all that and you can direct the traffic right away but again you're not getting your story out there you're just getting a direct market right there so they're you know they go in with each other and they work hand in hand um but if you want to get your story out or you know you're the founder of the company and you want you know you to speak more and get featured more to build more of a credibility about yourself because again Your company could have your company, but what happens when you exit? Then people might not know who the hell you are. So now if you get your name out there while your company's building, you're building credibility to your name. So in the future, whatever you do is gonna come much
1: easier. Beautiful. What a great answer. And now everybody is clued up on what PR is. So now we can start getting into into the weeds a little bit because we're all on the same page. And I think, um, speaking from my own experience, what was important to us as well is to start, um, obviously, Anybody anybody can uh, run paid media, and unfortunately we're in a time where uh, people have played fast and loose with the truth somewhat with their ads, and uh, we now have a generation of skeptics seeing our ads a lot of the time. So you can have a really great product, but someone has lied to that person that you're advertising to previously and said theirs is a really good product, and they believed them, bought it, got got scammed and now they're a skeptic for life and will and and a troll on social media is one scenario and so for us being a new company at the time where, where we we started working with you it was important to us to to start getting some uh some authenticity so so and and also differentiate ourselves a little bit from from our competitors and the other brands out there By telling our stories in some legit um, places, and that includes TV shows, radio shows, podcasts, publications, digital and physical. Um, You know, I was in FHM and every single... Magazine I mean, in every look, single country. You look great in
0: FHM. I mean, you know, I think it's disappointing one of the only times I think. put a male in FHM.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it was disappointing for a lot of their regular viewers when they turned to the page and and, and saw me. But, um, you know, le- legitimately in every single country that FHM publishes, um, there we were right there. There was Newbury. We'll be getting right back into it, but first a quick word from our sponsors. Let me ask you something. What percentage of your revenue? comes from email if it's less than 20% then you may well be leaving money on the table with my brand newbrew.com 20% of our revenue is driven by email why because I myself got out of the way and let the email experts handle it You see, with previous brands, email was often an afterthought, right? I would rely on sales, email sales, 20% off today, 15% off today, and rarely spared the time to do it properly. You know, split testing subject lines, keeping the list hygiene high, nurturing our sending reputation, and figuring out the ways to engage our list and drive sales without doing sales or discounts or scarcity just by engaging them. So who are these experts? Well, in our case, they're a fantastic agency from Canada called AndBAM, a fantastic name by the way. And they've literally helped hundreds of brand owners, many of whom have been on this very show, generate consistently high revenue from email. Right now, AndBAM are offering free account audits to Smarter Destiny listeners. They'll go through your email account in detail and make personalized recommendations to boost your email sales. If you then want to take the leap and work with them, then I highly recommend you do so. But you don't need to. Head to smarterdestiny.com/bam and book a call. I highly recommend it. Okay, let's get back into the good stuff. I'd like to go back to uh, eight years ago when you were founding a PR because a PR agency. Because I don't think it happens by chance, and I think I think. You have to be quite a charismatic person and well-connected and on top of all that, have that strategy mindset because rarely is it as simple as you texting Oprah and saying, hey, I've got this brand that you haven't heard of. Can Can you feature them? So there's a little bit more to it than that. Could you tell us about that? Yeah. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to what makes a
0: great publicist. And, you know, I knew nothing about PR marketing. Uh, when I first started, I was in radio. So I would, you know, I kind of had an advantage, I even like to think of myself, because I used to go to the red carpets and be the guy interviewing people. I used to be the guy calling up all these celebrities and saying, hey, guy, I want you on my show. And I was talking to all the publicists as I was the media, right? I had, you know, this is before podcasts and everything, but my show was, you know, interviewing different celebrities. So I'd call up their publicist and email them cold email and be like, hey, I really want to have, you know, Brad Pitt on my show, what can we do to get him on the show? And, you know, I'd go through the whole process. So I kind of learned what the media wanted because I was the media. So then when I flipped the, you know, the rules and all of a sudden I became the publicist for, you know, these big people and companies, I knew what the media was looking for. So I knew how to pitch them. And so, yes, it's how do you pitch? It's how to get your clients sold, you know? So, you know, you could take somebody that's done nothing and figure out what the story is So that way the media says, hey, that's a cool guy to talk about. Um, We want to have that male in our FHM magazine. (laughs) You know, so you got to figure out the angles. Um, So it comes down to figuring out angles. It also comes down to your network. And I mean, those four or five years that I was working for that other PR firm, every night I was going out to different events. I was pitching every single day. I was connecting and networking that entire four years, every single day. I didn't sleep at all. I still don't sleep, but I mean, I was working nonstop. And so I have this whole database now where I have my direct contacts that I can go to. If I need a story here, I have my friends that, you know, during those four years, they might've been interns at these companies and now they're editors. So I kind of grew up with these people and that's where my advantage is, because again, you can hire somebody to write a pitch for you. You can hire somebody to, you know, cold email people. You can, you know, download a program like Harrow or Cision or whatever, and try to get some media contacts and cold, you know, call and everything. But at the end of the day, it comes down to who, you know, how you pitch it, your relationships, and that's what makes, you know, a great publicist. And that's when I hire somebody for my own firm. I don't just, you know, look at their resume. Cause again, a resume is a bunch of bullshit. You're going to put your best stuff out there. It's like a testimonial when a client, you know, when somebody comes to me and goes, Zach, give me a testimonial of one of your past clients. I'm like. No, just go look at all my other clients, you know, and go see what they do. Because if I give you a testimonial, I'm going to give you the best fucking shit. Why would I give you something bad? Hmm. You know, so you're giving your best stuff. So when I, when somebody comes to me to get hired, I say to them, you know, who do you know? What are three outlets that you would do? Send me a writing sample of what you do. And let's talk face to face in how we go about, you know, our day to day, because that's kind of what's going to make somebody good in at least the PR world. So I hope that answers it.
1: It absolutely does. Now, what we like to do on this show is we like to get actionable. So, you know, it's it's all well and good. Like, we brought on a genuine, legit expert in PR who gets results, and I can testify to that. But there's people listening that might not be ready to, uh, to work with a PR agency. There's people listening that, um, that might have it on their, their radar. They might want to play with it, uh, a little bit themselves first. And so we want to give value to, to the people that, Hey, do you know what? I'm going to try and do the PR in-house and I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, do my best at that. I recognize it's not a, a pro level, but you know, I'd like to learn. So, um, if you don't mind, and I'm sure, you yeah. know, being a man of abundance and, and, and uh, knowing your your trade, could you give us some advice about uh, perhaps cold reach out or some of the some of the uh, low hanging fruit that, that, that brands digital or otherwise can maybe take advantage to to at least get their PR side going a little bit?
0: Well, how I always say is, you know, if you you could do PR on your own at the beginning, again, it comes down to relationships. And a lot of people that do do it on their own, the one struggle they will find is, hey, this editor, this person didn't get back to me. Well, because they're getting a million pitches and they're going with who they know. So just keep that in mind. But anybody can do it. I mean, if you can form a pitch, you can, you know, figure out what your story is, what your angle is. I always say, think about the five things to bring up your hand, think about five things that you want people to brand with you or your company or whatever it is. And for each one of those things. So, you know, if it's like you, Martin, you know, entrepreneur, right. Or, you know, inventive or charity or, you know, new, new bro, bro. um, bro You know, you can think of all the different things. And for each one of those five things, think of, you know, do a Google research. So say it's entrepreneur type into Google entrepreneur, And whatever the first 10 media outlets that pop up, go to those sites, track down a reporter or two from each one of those, try to figure out their email addresses and create a spreadsheet and put those email addresses in that spreadsheet for entrepreneur. Do that for all 10 different outlets there. Then do it for each one of the other ones in the different categories. And now you'll have 50 emails all together, 50 different media outlets, sorry, and a bunch of emails for each. Then, figure out your pitch, fine tune it, send that same pitch, fine tune to each one of those 50 outlets. Hopefully out of those, you know, you get two or three back, boom, you just got some stories done and then you'll use those stories to then pitch to another 10 for each one as you go down on page two and three of Google and just keep doing that on repeat. And eventually you'll build some credibility, some good stories out there. You know, the SEO on some of the sites might not be as high, But, like you said, if somebody's looking at your ad that's a great ad on Facebook and they're like, hey, what's this company? And they go to Google and they search it and they say, oh, yeah, they had a couple stories written about them that makes them, you know, gives the good educational points. you're you're better to close that deal off the Facebook ad. So, I I mean, that's the quickest and easiest way. And if you need to, create a fake email account and pretend you're your own publicist. You know, (laughs) Martin's publicist could be Joe Schmo at, you know, whatever.com. And he could say, hey, my, my boss, Martin, really would love to talk to you. Meanwhile, it's Martin actually speaking. So, I mean, you could bullshit a little in that kind of category and pitch
1: yourself yeah and 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 that's a that's a common practice i mean take google for example when they first started they they named what was their address it was like unit three something something when it was actually they were just living it and working out the a gar- a garage right it was right it was uh you know it's all about that that presentation okay so i've got my list of 50 um i've gone through i've gone through google i found i found a bunch of uh journalist emails and there's tools out there as well which you can you can utilize right. to maybe pull their email address from linkedin and so on but um but don't message on linkedin i've been told like apparently that's that's like a no-no it's email or email
0: yeah you know Sorry. what it's just like you know like with facebook i mean unless you can't find their email address and i mean i've done this before too there's like say there's a reporter i really like his stuff i know what he's talking about and for whatever reason i can't find his email address i'll go to his facebook page not linkedin and i'll just send a, a message or a dm being like hey i would love to you know send you something nothing you know shorting sweet. What's your email address? I'll send you more there because again, people don't want on their personal pages all this business pitching and stuff like that. You you just don't want it, and they're just going to ignore you.
1: Absolutely. Okay, so we've got we've got our our shortlist, and now we're getting into the the pitch, and I think it's easy to go wrong here, right? It's easy yep. to forget who you're speaking to and what they want and what their objectives are and their mission. So what advice can you give in terms of uh, structuring the pitch, whether it's the, the content, the angle, the what's in it for who, the quid pro quo, Right. Yeah, I mean,
0: it goes down to research. And if you spend the time looking into each one of those 50 people, and this is, you know, you have to do. So if, you know, me, I know the writers a bit more, so I know what their stories are and what they kind of cover. But say you look up Robert Smith again, random name. You look up Robert Smith at Fox News and you read all, you know, read five, six of his articles that he's actually done and see how his tone is see what he covers and that way in your pitch the first line could be like hey robert you know been a big fan of all your articles i loved when you spoke about this or that you know related to him boost his ego a little bit and then get into by the way i'm working with or i have this idea that i think would interest you and fine-tune whatever that interest or idea is to how he writes and what kind of stories he does And keep it short and sweet, like three, four sentences. And at the end, hey, would love to talk more and give you what you need, you know, sincerely, blah, blah, blah. And I think if you can relate it more to the person and make it more of a personal touch, you're going to get an actual response back. Now, even if you could get back and be like, hey, it's not something for me, but at least then you could be like, hey, do you know somebody at your outlet that this would work great with? And that way, everything's on a more personal level than Hey, you should talk about my product because it's the fucking best product in the world. Well, he's going to turn around and be like, "I don't fucking care," <laughs>
1: <laughs> or just not reply, as 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 is right. often is often the way. Okay, so one of the things when we were working together, which which surprised me somewhat, was actually that often it's not linear like that. It's not. Um, I reach out to this publication. The publication. Um, I'm using the word publication, but it could be a, a, you know a TV show, radio, um, you know, online, offline. What I, what uh I, surprised me was actually sometimes it's not a linear uh pitch to one company. Sometimes it can go, there'll be like maybe you've got another client or or, or there's some kind of mutual win-win-win-win-win right. that that happens. Could you tell us about give us some examples of what win-wins or win-win-wins might be yeah. that you're uniquely I mean- positioned to.
0: That's that's the joys of working with a PR firm at times, because, you know, you could be a small fish, but you want to get that, you know, big pond. And so what we do is we have a lot of, you know, we have big stars and big entrepreneurs and big people we work with. And a lot of, you know, magazines and outlets want these people on it. So they're like, hey, Zach, we want so-and-so for our outlet. And I'll say, yeah, I'll give you it. I'll give you access to this person. But you also have to put A, B, and C also in your publication. And at that time, they're like, you know, it's up to them to say, okay, fine, that's worth it for us. We'll make it work. And it's a good trade off. So that's one way, you know, hiring a firm or having other people that you can name drop in your piece, you know, go further. The other is, you know, if you build somebody up properly, you can entice a media outlet to feature them. So for instance, if somebody is working with me and they've never done TV before. But they come to me and they're like, Zach, I want to be on the biggest national TV show. Well, if I go to those producers right away, they're going to say, this guy's done nothing. Like, why do I want him on my show? You know, he's got no, like, how does he even look on camera, right? And so the key is, you know, we have to, you know, set that expectation and put, okay, Martin has never done TV. Let's set him up with some regional TV things. They're smaller TV. They might not have as much of a reach for those shows. I mean, you could repurpose it afterwards and create whatever reach you want. But if you set up with a few different TV things and all of a sudden you now have this little reel of a minute or two of your client on these different TV shows, now you could go to the big guy and be like, hey, this station in this area, this, this, this all just featured him. This is how he is. This is how he sounds. Do you want to have him? You have a more likely chance of them saying, yeah, if everybody's talking about him and he's on TV everywhere, sure, why not? So I mean, there's different kinds of trade-offs, different types of building, but uh, again, you got to set the expectation and whatever the goal is. I,
1: I love that, and and, and yeah, it, it removes the the risk, or rather, if if you're unknown, it's a risk, and and you, you might bring someone on on your word. They're having an off day; they're not particularly slick on TV uh, for whatever reason, not used to the the slightly um, unusual way it, it might happen at times, and 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 yeah, it ends up being a big. Um, Uh, bust and and they've got people they're accountable to uh, to and 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 it's caused a problem so so it's it's that building up working your way up by doing the the the, the smaller things and then um, graduating up can you tell us about one of your your pieces one of your achievements within the pr space that you're particularly proud of that uh that might be intriguing or interesting to the audience there's a big smile on his face those not watching on video
0: I'm just, uh, I'm thinking of some stuff. I mean, I don't like to, you know, I don't like name dropping different client stuff. That's just not me. Um, in that regard, uh, you know, we've had some big wins, you know, like I said, there's been the scaling from zero to a hundred million plus, but a lot of these people that do hire us, you know, we're behind the scenes. They don't want, you know, the public to know, Hey, this guy is the reason or this guy helped, you know, build us. So I'm just thinking of an idea of something I can say. Um, yeah, I mean, there's this one story for a singer, nothing to do with e-com, nothing to do with this. But a singer from Ukraine, she walked into my offices and she said, Zach, in her, I can't do the accent, Zach, make make me a famous. I <laughs> so she's sing. a Russian?
1: And, uh, Be, I mean, that's like, not bad, actually. That,
0: Ukrainian, a yes. Yeah, yeah, um, and she said, Zach, you know what? I, I, I pay you, you make me famous in one <laughs> month, yes? And I said, uh, let's listen to your song. And her song was called Give Me Green Card. And uh, anybody listening to this, you can go look up Christina Caro. And what we did is I said, okay, you know what? The song is funny. It's kind of like a Gagnum style type of vibe. You know, it's give me, give me green card. Give me, give me green card. I mean, (laughs) it's just stupid and funny, right? And so I said, you know what? We could work with this. This was back when I was first starting in PR. I was like, you know what? Let's have some fun. And the money was great too. Um, And so we said, you're from Ukraine, you know, maybe uh, when you grew up, you knew Mila Kunis. And she's like, oh yeah, Mila Kunis. Yeah. She's from Ukraine too. I go, yeah. And I said, maybe Mila Kunis, you know, stole your pet chicken when you were younger and your pet chicken's name was Doggy. Since you couldn't afford a dog, you only had a chicken. She goes, yeah, Mila Kunis stole my dog, my chicken. And I said, okay. Then Mila Kunis left and she came to America, which Mila Kunis did. And I said, Now you're in America for the first time. You finally worked up. You made all the money. You're in America. And you see Mila Kunis's face on billboards. And it's bringing back all these bad feelings in you that Mila Mila Kunis stole your pet chicken. She goes, yeah, a lot of emotional distress. I'm like, yeah, you know, this is all bringing back. And you never knew what happened to your pet chicken. Like, where did it go? She stole it and then she left the country and she left you there. Let's sue Mila Kunis for (laughs) $5,000. So we wrote up a whole whole lawsuit. We filed the lawsuit. And, you know, we connected with Mila Kunis's people and everything. And it turned into a whole thing where we sued Mila Kunis for $5,000 for stealing a pet chicken. Well, TMZ and everybody else, obviously, they all wrote about this story because they're like, a girl stole this girl's, (laughs) you know, a famous actress stole this girl's chicken? Like, what's going on here? It was just so far out of the box. Then Mila recorded a video, you know, calling her out saying, I'm going to sue you for making me listen to your music video. <laughs> and it kind of went back and forth for a bit. But again, this girl got views and attention. She got her own show in Vegas. I mean, it just blew up all over the place. But it all started from like a fun little idea. So, you know, it kind of goes back to my thing is like, that's, you know, that's an example. But it goes back to this small thing that I tell all business owners. You've got to think outside of the box because in order to break through the noise, you have to be thinking differently. Why should the media talk about you? Why should somebody buy your product? If it's just like everybody else's, you've got no story to tell and you're just kind of throwing darts. But if you're able to think creatively now, you don't have to sue people and go that far, (laughs) but you can, but you can think of different ways to entice people to talk about you. And, I mean, the more creative you are, the more the media wants to talk about you. Because just think, when you open up a newspaper, you I mean, if people still open up newspapers, but if you go to a site or something, you know, it's the same type of stories on repeat every day. And the ones that break through and the ones that go viral are the ones that are a little bit creative. So you got to think about creativity. Now, there's a time and place for everything. You know, sometimes you have to be professional. Sometimes you have to be educational. Sometimes you've got to do it by the book. But- when you can throw in a little bit of creativity here and there, and some ideas, you know, it's going to do wonders for you.
1: Absolutely, and and definitely that would be um, in keeping with with the the tone of uh, "Give me Gringa, give me Gringa." Right? It's it's uh, you know, it's funny tongue in cheek, and 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 so that you know, you can go down the the funny tongue in cheek um, angle. Right. All right. So we touched upon it very very early on in the show about uh, personal brands and and. Um, I mean, I've interviewed some, some fantastic founders of, of some huge brands um, on, on this show, and I'm not going to name names in this specific example, but I do remember one example. It was a very, very successful brand, nine-figure brand that that had an exit, and the founder, I guess, then found himself like, oh, I think, I think a lot of the PR historically had been more about the brand and less about him, and as such... He found himself maybe scrambling a little bit because he's he's achieved all this stuff. He's now um, moved away. He's moving on to the next chapter of his journey. He wants to talk about his previous chapter and move on to the next thing, but he's playing a little bit catch up because mm-hmm. there wasn't any investment in a personal brand, and it's a little bit difficult to uh, to to just fire it up immediately. The internet likes history. People like to see whether you've done it before for the for the risk and and, and like what we described a minute ago. So, could you tell us a little bit about sort of the importance of personal branding and uh, personal brand and, and what kind of angles can be uh, leveraged when it becomes to a personal brand and, we, and let's let's go back to more of the you know uh, an e founder that, that who's exited or, or something like right. that less about chickens As i mean so, I
0: it go, go, kind of goes back to what we spoke about earlier it's like you know You need that credibility to your name. And I work with so many entrepreneurs that have done like, you know, they run huge companies or they've exited huge companies and you never know who the hell they are. And so it kind of is like, you know, when you are in that growing stage or when you are still a part of a company, it's great to get press articles about yourself and start turning yourself into that expert. Because again, like you said, When you're in the future, 10 years, 20 years, whatever it is, people are going to Google and they want to see, oh yeah, well, he was part of that company. This is what he was saying, or this is what he was doing. And it kind of builds your story from, you know, the start to the finish. Um, So my advice is just like, you know, if you have a company right now, you have an e-com store, you know, people want to connect with a person. They want to connect with a founder. You know, you look at Tesla, you look at Elon, you, you kind of, you know, the people behind some of these big companies. And if somebody can connect to you directly, it could be even a something small. You could have like a beauty online store. You know, why should somebody buy your product? And there needs to be a face and a person fielding those interviews. So like when we did your company, Martin, you were fielding the interviews. Your face was out there. And I, and that's the same thing that people need to do. is like you should speak on behalf of your company when you can, if it allows you to, because it's not only going to help your company go forward it's going to help you for the long-term go forward. Whether you realize it now or not, it's going to help you. And so, yeah, that would be my advice is just try to get yourself out there, you know, push yourself whenever you can to be the spokesperson or use whatever you have done and find a way to, you know, work that into some press articles. So that way, when you do want press on yourself or, you know, you need those articles, you're not just scrambling like last minute, hey, I need to get into Forbes. I need to get into Entrepreneur. I've done this, this, this. Well, no, How do we know that? You know, we're Googling and we don't see that you've ever done that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, try to think ahead. And that goes in with business planning 101. Think for the future.
1: I love that. And it, it, it's important as well. I mean, I remember um, a previous brand of mine, you know, it was super successful, but we decided to launch with a bit of a pen name. Right so so rather than um me being the founder we decided to launch it was it was more of a female product and we, so we decided to launch with with a female founder right and we didn't have anyone in our team my wife wasn't interested in in it and and so we ended up going with like a a pen name which isn't uncommon if you're reading books on amazon and things like that you know a pen name um articles it's not uncommon but it did create a problem and i think the world has also transitioned a lot from from those days now even more so that everybody wants to know like consumers want to know like who's the face of this company right i, w- I want to know who i'm actually buying from what they believe in what they stand for what my what is going to in addition to me receiving the product what is the company going to do with that money in addition to make good in the world pat- particularly amongst uh, millennials and younger that's a, that's a big thing it's like, okay so i'm going to get a t-shirt but are you also going to plant a tree or something i think that's super important and so you can get tripped up in your business if you have decided to use a pen name, or not being, or, or, or just for whatever reason, added in a layer of obscurity between you and the public. So, what would you say? To to people who are listening and going, wow! I I really I I recognise actually PR is pretty cool. I recognise that um, I can get a lot of exposure and and free traffic and free sales for my for my brand, and also can set up the the future for my personal brand when I've exited this thing and I'm doing my next thing. But at the moment, they have a layer of obscurity. What kind of pivots or what kind of tweaks that could they make to 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 go from the shadows into the the foreground and and what Kind of objections would you expect them to have having had this conversation before with others that you've got an answer for a reassuring pep talk? For? Yeah, I mean, it goes back
0: to your first point is like, you know, people want to connect with the founder, number one, because somebody might not care that you sell shampoo, they might not care for your shampoo company, but if they connect to you as a founder and they're like, oh, this person is just a wonderful human being and we connect Hey, it's a mother a father or whatever this story is that they connect to they're going to be like i just want to support this person and that way they're buying the product even though they don't care for the product because they connect so much and they're a fan of that person so that's why number one it's important to get yourself out there or whoever Because, you know, you don't just want to be a fake name behind the scenes. You want them connecting to something. And if they're not connecting with your product, at least now you're giving them a couple other things to connect to. Um, And for people having hesitations, I I would just say it comes down to dollars and cents. Again, if you put yourself out there, it's not only going to help you in the future, but it's going to help your company. People connect to you, more money for you. And it's all about building the brand and who better to speak about your company or product than the person that's actually so passionate and invested into it. You don't, you know, somebody, you could hire somebody else to be your spokesperson, but if they, if they fuck up or something, yeah, great. You fire them, but now your company takes a giant hit. You, you know, you know your product inside and out, you know what to say. You don't need to train the educational aspects of it because you are so into it. So I would say, you know, you're your best spokesperson. Now, yes. At times, if you have a female, you know, driven product and company, and you're a male, obviously, you know, you speaking isn't, you know, gonna kind of go with the whole branding. But maybe at that point, you hire, you know, a female to spokesperson to work alongside you. And now when you start doing articles, yes, maybe the female is point and center, but you're still included with a quote here or this and being like, hey, I love working with her. She was the perfect person for the job, and still getting your name out there. So that way, in the future, again, when they you know Google and stuff, you're still a part of it.
1: Absolutely, and and that's that's I think one of one of the tricks with with the whether it's a, an article or a pitch or a, or a, a segment is weaving in the talking points that you want to weave in but organically, um, and, 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 you know, where, where you can reference your previous brands or, or a partner or a, or a, an idea or your product or a, a publication that you've done or whatever it is and, and weaving that in organically so that it's, that it's important. Um, and, and so that it's relevant uh, and organic. So I think that's um, fantastic. The final thing on this little section, what about training? Because some people might be listening and be like, right, I'm, I'm down with that. But I also don't trust myself to not come mm-hmm. on and fuck up. Like what, what would you say there? Do you give any kind of training? What is probably the most important training item that you, you, you find many a client yeah, when, has dodged a bullet. When people, of... when
0: people start with our company, I mean, you saw it, we send everybody, it's called interview to win. And we pretty much send a document, some homework where it's a few pages of, how to do a radio interview, how to do a TV interview, what to look for, how to conduct yourself. Now, obviously reading something and doing it is two different things. So, you know, with a lot of clients, you know, we kind of look at their previous history and you know, some of them are great on camera and they've already had that experience. Some are a little, you know, all over the place. I mean, I had one client, I literally put him on a TV show. I was behind the camera in like sweatpants and a sweatshirt. (laughs) He went on camera in person and the you know the interviewer the reporter said so tell me about your company and he literally froze he just froze and he's like I I, I don't and then they were like cut right (laughs) and he just got like so camera shy right then and there and I actually had to sit down next to him in my sweatpants and all that (laughs) and they put me on camera and I was like yes I'm his spokesperson (laughs) and I had to do the interview for him because he just wasn't good on camera so I mean What we do going back to the question is we send everybody a a pamphlet kind of thing that, you know, is homework. Then, you know, interview one and two that we set up for most of our clients are smaller, lower scale stuff because we want them to first get comfortable with the questions. Because a lot of questions and a lot of interviews have a lot of the same questions. It's like, you know, you're asking the same questions on a lot of your podcasts. You know how to ask it. You know how to, you know, form it. So, and, I, and I've been asked a lot of the same questions as well. So I kind of know my answers already. Um, so I think if you train somebody to, you know, number one, do a lot of email Q&A answers, you get them to do some lower end, you know, Q&A with radio shows and stuff, they get into this mindset of how to answer or they're like, hey, I just typed up five different things of that answer and it's already triggered in their brain of how to respond to it on, in person. So we kind of train in that sense. Again, if somebody's totally terrible, you know, we set them up with voice coaches, acting coaches, you know, speaking coaches, and we can go like that. But I mean, if you're not comfortable in front of a camera, the best is just, you know, read some books, do some practice Q and A's, maybe put yourself into like a quick course or something or hire a coach to help run through practice interviews with you um, until you do feel comfortable. Because again, the more you can feel comfortable, the more you can put yourself out there. The better it's going to be for your brand and company in the long run.
1: Absolutely, and I'd recommend as well if you want some some free training. We've had um, an amazing guest on this on the show before, a guy named Florian Muick, who uh, even if just just to hear him call me out and critique me live in in the podcast, which I appreciated, but it was also it took, caught me off guard somewhat. Uh, <laughs> he, he talks a little bit about uh, interviews and st- speaking from stage and being a more confident speaker in the show, and, and, and that was super good. But uh, yes, uh, so he put you in your place. Good, he put me in the place. Yeah, fucking needed it. Right. So, Zach, where can people learn a little bit more about you and ZTPR?
0: Um, Just, you know, our website, you go to ZT or Z, as we say the letter Z here in the US. Z is Canadian. So that's where I'm from. Um, But ZTPR.net, you know, Zach Tepperman on Instagram, uh, slide into the DMs. I'm the same name on Twitter and on Clubhouse and Facebook and you name it uh, i'm i'm out there or just google my name as we say and uh, figure it out <laughs>
1: figure it out exactly we we live in a world where probably they should be able to find you with a with a name um, brilliant if you can't figure if you can't figure
0: out how to contact somebody and you run an e-com store i think you should change your business it's,
1: it's <laughs> difficult and you said it earlier on and certainly it was something I experienced I mean you, you know you 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 were in LA for a lot of a lot of the, the the time that we were communicating which does not overlap in a very convenient way with the UK no. time zone and yet it did seem that whenever I text you there was a response so how was it becoming a vampire like, was it was it painful? Was it difficult? Uh, do you yeah, find romantically was, it's difficult? I
0: was used to doing in radio. I had like when I started in radio, I had like you got to pay your dues, like in every business. And I had the graveyard shift. I had that overnight, so I was kind of used to it already. Um, but me, I like you know the one thing I think that I feel separates us from other people and firms and just business in general is I like to be quick. And if somebody's going to take the time to message me and all that, then I want to at least get back to them in a timely fashion too. I don't want to wait days. I mean, that's why I don't pay my staff hourly. I don't charge clients on an hourly basis because we all know something that could take you two seconds to do. If you really wanted to, you could probably stretch that out into a two week time frame um, and, you know, say, hey, I'll get back to you next week. And now you have a whole week that you don't do anything. I mean, you can do that. I just that's not my mindset. Um, So I like to be quick. But, yeah, I mean, I go to bed every night, probably about, you know, 3, 3 3.30 a.m., Pacific time or, you know, central time now. But, uh, you know, when I get my five hours in, I wake up early and go, go, go. And if somebody contacts me over that five hours, like sometimes we had to, I at least, you know, make sure I get back to them first thing when I wake up. So that way, you know, they're not waiting
1: around absolutely and yeah never had to wait long all right so at this point in the show we like to mix it up a little bit we go into the rapid fire question round i ask the questions quickly you can dawdle you can dilly dally or you can answer just as quickly are you up for that yes are you two thumbs up up for that
0: we're two thumbs up let's do there it they let's go. go.
1: boom question one if you ever had to start again how would you make your money
0: Uh, I probably would have made a bunch more different investments and not turned down some investments uh, that I had the opportunity with.
1: What's uh, what's one investment that you find yourself kicking yourself even now because you didn't invest in it?
0: I mean, I wish I bought Bitcoin a little bit earlier than that, the 40,000 plus mark that it is right now in US um, dollars. Um, I wish that obviously with Amazon, Google, Facebook, etc., different things like that, Uber you know different companies that i actually you know there's some other companies right now that have just done some billion dollar exits that i had a chance to you know take a couple points in that i you know turned down years years back um so i mean yeah i've done some screw-ups uh, so i would have made some other different investments and taken some different equity in companies
1: what's the most common or biggest mistake leaders make
0: um they think they're always right uh nobody's always right i'm not always right you you gotta know when to ask for help and know that you're not your way isn't always the best way even if you've made millions doing it your way there's always going to come a time where your way is not the the proper way
1: who is a great leader alive or dead and why
0: great leader um I'm not saying he's great um, because his policies and all that, I disagree with a lot of it, but I think uh, obviously Putin, you look at Putin and I think, uh, you know, Vladimir's got his, he's got his team around him. He's got his country in lock. I mean, whatever case, whether you agree or disagree, I mean, he's been in charge there for so long, obviously he's doing something right. And he's got his whole uh, structure all down. So, I mean, it's a kind of a great structure to kind of look at if you want to know how to you know run shit.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, he is achieve- he's achieving his goals. He's you know hashtag Russia goals, right? Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah, I would say you know I, I wouldn't say he's the greatest. Um, I you know he's an example. Um, I think you know people like uh, the way Bezos has done his stuff, Elon Musk. Um, I mean everybody's got their own style and way of doing things. So it really you know however your style fits. But uh, just look at anybody that's been successful. They've obviously have a team behind them that has helped them. So that's what I like to do. I mean, I don't read that many books, but what I do do is I Google people and I read about their history and how they grew and grow. you know, kind of like your show is doing right. And I like looking at how they went from, you know, zero to hero and what happened along the way, because a lot of them have the same things in, uh, you know with each other in common with each other
1: absolutely and you can you can learn when when you see many many successful people with these reoccurring threads these these similarities though those are those are the the key areas that you definitely you know like there's something there right like to, to emulate how do you hire top talent
0: um with my gut i mean I, like I said earlier in our thing, gut, gut feeling. I, I don't really care about your, I mean, education is important and that you can read and write and stuff, but uh, I go more with my gut. And uh, a lot of people, I kind of, you know, look at myself, how was I first hired? I didn't know PR marketing, but I was able to be trained. So as long as somebody's open-minded, willing to be trained and uh, is open to all that, anybody could be great in whatever you want them to be. Fantastic.
1: How do you evaluate a good business deal?
0: Um, profit, um, long-term play, short-term gain. I mean, whatever, you know, your goal is exactly. um, As long as both sides are happy, that's, that's the best business deal. When both sides come out of it feeling happy.
1: I agree with that. How do you identify a good business partner?
0: Again, somebody that, you know, is open, uh, doesn't think they're always right, um, is open to change, open to new ideas. Um, is somebody that you can you know, cut the BS with and isn't going to take it personally. Because again, you know, in business, I always hated doing business with friends because when you do a business with a friend, you lose one friend because at the end of the day, something's going to go bad. You're going to have those down moments and you've got to be able to get through those. So um, again, people that don't take you know, it too personally, I mean, I get it. Money's on the line, stuff happens. But uh, you know, somebody that's just open to it and that you kind of jive with vibes, gut feeling.
1: What is one of your proudest moments?
0: Uh, Being able to start my own firm, you know, being able to say, hey, you know what, I'm done just taking my X amount of paycheck and just living, you know, how I know I want to live and taking that risk to just start my own company and say, hey, let's do this. If I fail, I fail. If I don't, I don't. But let's let's give it a try.
1: What's one interesting fact about you that not many people would know?
0: Um, I hate social media. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I post on it a lot. I have, you know, all the accounts and everything, but I, I, I fucking hate it. I, I, I'm more of a private person, but you know, it's the name of the game that you got to have it these days. So I have it.
1: <laughs> what daily routines do you have, whether morning or evening, that have helped make you successful?
0: Um. I make sure I take one good morning poop. Uh, no. uh, it's important. It is important. It, it is important to relieve yourself in the morning. Um, but uh, daily habits, I mean, I, I like getting through all my emails in the morning, whether it's 100 or 1,000 or whatever it comes in. I like getting through all those before I take on the day or at least reading all of them over. And I love that rush. It's you know, It's a personal thing with me when I wake up. I get that rush of all these people emailing me from the night before that morning. And, uh, it kind of starts me. I don't drink coffee. I don't take energy drinks and it kind of just gives me that jolt for the rest of the day.
1: Hmm. What book or books, and I know you said you're not a big reader, but what book or books have changed your mindset or life?
0: Um, the art of not giving a fuck is a great book. Um, I know probably a lot of people say that. Um, again, I don't read that much. I have my own book called Cut the Bullshit. Um, but And it's a picture book with poems. Um, but yeah, I, I just, you know, I read the news every day. I read what's going on. I watch the news, uh, different channels. I am very open-minded. I'm not one-sided politically. I'm not one-sided this way or that way. I'm open to everything. So I kind of just read. Like every day I go through uh, you know, my four entertainment press things, I go through, you know, CNN, Fox, NBC, I go through all the different ones, I go through Daily Mail out in the UK, I go through the Australian ones, I go through all different ones every single day, so uh, that's kind of what I read and what I get through, you know, to learn from.
1: What's the most exciting question you spend your time thinking about?
0: Um, what trends and what's next? Um, I like to always, you know, in PR, I always look at what the best outcome is and what the worst outcome is. Um, so with everything I do, I always say, okay, what's the worst thing that could happen or what's the best thing that could happen? And and so I, you know, I kind of think about that and I also think about like, you know, trends, like, you know, Clubhouse came out, where's that heading? What trends are going to come from something like Clubhouse or what's going to happen with this or that? And I just like thinking about, you know, the future.
1: Where do you think Clubhouse is going?
0: Um... clubhouse right now i think you know they're just building up their user base um i don't think they're looking to monetize at this exact moment obviously more users is monetizing um but i think in the future they're going to eventually have rooms maybe and we'll look back at this interview and maybe i'll be right but i think they'll have rooms where you can pay a fee to get into a room to listen to a speaker like you would do at a conference you know you want to hear bill gates speak which he did speak you know the other night pay a dollar and go into a room and listen to bill gates and have an opportunity to maybe talk with him. Um, I think maybe even a tipping where, you know, somebody, you know, they have their own currency where if somebody says something you like or whatever, you can send a buck their way or something into their account. Um, I think they'll eventually have their own messaging platform and stuff on it, um, that you're not just going through Instagram or Twitter. Uh, I think they'll have more links in their bios. I think, uh, They're gonna obviously open it up to the public, and there's gonna be a lot of trolls and a lot of different things. I think another, you know, other platforms are gonna launch similar things. I know, you know, Instagram already has now that you could, you know, do Instagram lives and chats with four people. Um, So I think in the future, maybe Instagram and Facebook will have rooms that you can go and do audio talks as well. Um, I think the way is the audio, people love that. Um, I don't know if it's just a fad because of COVID right now and everybody being at home, Um, but I think conferences are going to be devalued in the future that people aren't going to pay big bucks to spend on hotels flights and stuff to go to a big conference to listen to you know five people speak when they could just jump into clubhouse and listen to 20 or 30 people speak nonstop. so i think they're going to monetize that and bring value and more people are going to do more events and speaking stuff through apps like clubhouse
1: I like that. That's a brilliant answer. And that's helped, um, help me, uh, helped excite me a little bit more about Clubhouse. Cause yeah, I'm, I'm on it and I, and I get it. But then at the same time, I'm just like, hmm, where's this going? So that, that's, that's interesting. And I, I totally agree. I mean, that's such a logical, uh, monetization. Just, just like, yeah, you pay to be in the room, but rather than, yeah, your hotel, your I flight. I mean, your, I'm your sure water. they'll
0: have three rooms and all that kind of stuff. But eventually, you know, they got to make money or they're going to just sell it. They'll, maybe Facebook or somebody else will buy them out and, you know, integrate it. I don't know.
1: Who knows? What advice would you give your younger self? Um,
0: I mean, other than the investments part of it, um, I honestly, I have a tattoo. For anybody watching videos, they'll see it says on my arm, everything happens for a reason. I, I truly believe that. I think every moment, you know, my radio jobs, taking this, taking the risks, the people I met have led me to where I'm at. So, I mean, my younger self, I would just say, you know, shit's going to work out. Like, you know, you know, those down moments and stuff, they're happening for a reason. So, you know, just go with it. Don't take it too seriously. I think too many people take their, you know, stuff seriously. And even though it might be a big thing for you right this second, you know, somebody might, you know, I I don't want to go that morbid, but I mean, like death or bad investments or breakups or, you know, canceled plans for a trip. I mean, anything yes in that you know that moment and for that period of time it's going to hurt it's going to sting but eventually you know you're it's it's like a new cycle something else is going to come along and it's going to you know overshadow what that feeling is and bring on a better a better feeling or a different feeling and that's why like you know people that have had nude photo scandals and all that yeah in those moments they're terrible and but in the long run it's worked out for many of them so again (laughs) The news always is changing and life is always changing. So, you know, don't take it too seriously.
1: What was your biggest challenge starting in business and how did you overcome it?
0: Um, the money. I mean, at the beginning, you know, it, it comes down to like, you know, it's easy to say I want to start a business, but you need to have funding and stuff to, uh, you know, start that, Get whether it's a client base, websites, staff whatever it is that you need. Um, so for me, you know, when I was first starting, yes, I, you know, for about a year or two years, I was saving up money. I, I mean, I started living, I was living in like a studio apartment where I had blinds to cut one room into half. So when friends would come over, my bed would be on one side and the couch and everything would be on the other. And I was just saving up money and all that. So that way, when I wanted to start something, I had that, you know you know, savings fund that I could invest into it and at least have that, you know, kickstart. Because I hate taking money from people because, again, you know, it's not a for sure thing. I I don't like doing it. So I saved up my own. And that's what was at the beginning was, you know, the money and making sure I could get it all.
1: What unusual or underrated food or drink should more people try out?
0: Underrated food or drink that more people should try out? challah more people should eat challah I'm, I'm a jew um challah is great it's not just like bread it is a tasteful bread and it is wonderful if you haven't tried challah try challah <laughs> and if you have no idea what i'm even talking about google it after this challah and it, try to say it 10 times challah and even if you want go raisin challah is even better um so try challah um canadian beer if you haven't had Canadian beer, much better than anywhere else. Um, and uh, I don't know. I'm a smoothie, lemonade, beer kind of guy. Um, and whiskey as well. So uh, I- I'm pretty easy.
1: And then final question. What makes you happiest?
0: Um, makes me happiest. That I know that my family is supported I know it's the cheesy answer, but that if somebody wants something, or if I want something, uh, no matter what it is, it could be something tangible or a trip, or it could be just, you know, a day off. I know I can do it. And there's no, you know, nothing that's going to come back and bite me in the ass or that I can't do it. I like having that freedom of being able to do what I want. Um, So that makes me happy. And on the business side of it, I, I mean, I love it. Uh, it's cheesy, but true. I love seeing my clients go from like, you know, nothing to something and being able to, you know, a year later be like, Hey, we fucking did that. We, you know, that worked out that stunt or that idea, all that worked. And when you see that, it's just like, okay, what I'm doing is actually, you know, having an impact in people's lives. And it's not just that for business. I mean, you take an entrepreneur that has like, you know, they start off with 10 products. They only have 10 tangible products. And in two years, now they're selling millions of products. And you're like, you, you know, their kids are happy. Their workers are happy. They're hiring people. I mean, you're impacting so many lives and you don't even realize it. So, I mean, that's kind of, you know, brings happiness to me. Um, which goes back to my happiness, you know, them being successful helps me be successful and helps me be happy on my ad. And so I think that, that, that would be my
1: answer. And a great answer to finish a great question round. Um, at this point, I'd like to ask you, do you have any asks or requests of the audience listening today?
0: Um, just don't fucking sit back. I mean, you know, don't just, you know, at least when you listen to podcasts, when you do things, don't just sit back and be like, Oh, I could do that. Or, You know, yeah, I'll get to that. It's the people that sit back and, you know, are like, I'll get to that, that never get to it. Mm. Uh, So I would say just go for it. Whatever idea you have, plan it out. Set your goal. Work backwards from that goal. Figure it out and go for it. I mean, you only live once, you know, YOLO. Uh, So just go
1: for it. I love that. Well, Zach, thank you so much for taking the time to, to share with us today. I, I really... I mean, the chicken story really does stand out. The Mila, Mila Kuna's chicken story, right, hashtag is... A, is a, I mean, it writes itself. But in terms of the... the incredible insider guidance and knowledge that, that you're able to provide about um doing your pr uh you know self-serve as it were the the, the industry the why the how to get into it the how the, the the pitfalls to avoid all of that has been tremendously interesting and you're an energetic bloke i can't wait to actually hang out with you in la once this whole thing we'll have some holla we'll, we'll, we'll have some holla and um you know and i'll, and I'll try and uh, stick to your uh sleeping sleep and awake schedule um uh, as well but uh dude once again thank you so much for taking the time to share with us today
0: thanks for having me on Your, your 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 podcast is great you're great um thank you
1: Hey there, you incredibly good-looking human. Thanks so much for listening. If you had a good time today and would like more good times in the future, please hit that subscribe button and leave a heartwarming review. I read them all and it will go a long way to help others out there benefit from all the teachings of this show. And if you want to get in touch or otherwise learn more about me, head to martincook.co.uk or smarterdestiny.com. I really appreciate you. You're an incredible human. Until next time... Keep crushing.